The fact is no one loves perfectly and we all need to keep on keeping on. We are all failures when it comes to doing life perfectly. Hi, I'm Gerilyn, and welcome to Old Maid, a podcast about living a faithful single life in a very married church. Today, we crank up the experience factor with a lady that will put the rest of us young guns to shame. Margaret Penner is 79. She was a school teacher and did some overseas missions, but now she is retired, though she continues to volunteer in her church and her community. I know her as Aunt Margaret because she is my grandmother's sister, my mom's aunt. Aunt Margaret was a bit nervous about what she was going to say, so she prepared her words in advance and she is reading them here. I appreciated her taking the time to think through what she wanted to say and sharing her wisdom with us. I was the fourth child in a family of eight children. Looking back now, almost 80 years, my fondest memories are all as a result of the love, peace, and forgiveness my parents provided both for each other and for all eight of their children. There was stability. There were many traditions, things that we did together every year, such as seeding, then harvesting the vegetables to be used all winter long. As an adult, I realized how sinful and weak we people are, and I realized it was Christ who empowered my parents to year after year provide a stable home for their family. Even today, I am blessed to have grown up in a loving, caring family, to have parents who held me accountable and taught me how to follow Jesus. And you're you're retired now, but uh, what did you do for work, and how did you choose that job? Most of my adult years, I taught in schools neighboring in the community I grew up in, with a few years of cross-cultural teaching in Central America. Choosing to go into teaching was not easy, but with the encouragement of my parents, as well as some of my friends, I moved to Winnipeg and started my training at the University of Manitoba. Then, just before graduation, I was offered my first teaching job, which, with excitement and trepidation, I accepted. What was the journey that led you to being single now? Yes, life is a journey, isn't it? regardless of our marital status. The problem with me was not that my cravings to be married were wrong. I believe God creates each of us with those desires and that they are unavoidable. I believe those cravings for me were a mercy from God that led me closer to him. Often on this journey, I prayed that whether married or single, I would be a happy person even here on earth. Favorite verses that helped me and that I often reminded myself of were Every morning mercies new out of Lamentations 3 or I will never leave you or forsake you, Hebrews 13 verse 5 and I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalm 139 verse 14. But I asked myself, why did God make me? What was his purpose for me? My waiting and longing for marriage remained unrealized. I was beginning to see that God made me for far more than to be married or to be single or anything else I might choose for myself. My desire became more and more to reflect on things he had already given me. 
I wanted to honor him and the work he gave me to do in every season of my life, regardless of my marital status. Growing up, what would your expectations of adulthood and marriage have been? Well, I'd say we're all wired to want happiness, to be loved, and to have good relationships. And I was no different. I wanted to be married. I wanted the attention and love of a guy. I wanted to be socially acceptable. My dream was to be blissfully married, to have a near-perfect husband, a home, a couple of children, and be happy like my parents, my grandparents, and most other adults I knew. What were some of the opportunities that singleness has given you? Well, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) If we are saved, we are to go out into the world, every one of us, married or single, for the glory of Jesus, to make him known as our Lord and Savior, as our greatest treasure. Often his glory shines brightest in the small, quiet, unseen things we do for him. And I've had many, many such opportunities. For example, I've been able to help with food and with money, be it my next-door neighbor or people currently in crisis circumstances in Venezuela. After all, I have only one person to support and buy groceries for. Lots of opportunities for small, unseen things. I've also had unbelievable freedom to say yes to opportunities that came my way, such as working in a Christian bookstore in Alaska or giving out Bibles at a seaport in Spain. It saddens me to think that I no doubt have missed many opportunities, thus wasting my singleness. My prayer continues to be, Lord, please keep shaking me out of complacency. Keep me sensitive to opportunities around me. Let his glory shine. Can you tell me a little bit about, like, what was your experience in Spain giving out Bibles? Well, I was part of a team giving out Christian literature at a seaport in southern Spain. Literally thousands of Muslims working in Europe travel home to Morocco for a holiday every summer, crossing the sea with their jam-packed vehicle on a ferry. Morocco itself is closed to the gospel, so the seaport was a safer place for us to offer Bibles and also safer for the Moroccans to receive them. Almost half the people accepted the package we offered, which consisted of two New Testaments, two children's Bible story books, the Jesus film, and information on Bible correspondence courses. Following our port ministry, we took a ferry ride ourselves across the Strait of Gibraltar and, with some apprehension, spent a few days in Morocco, where our literature had gone. A missionary couple who had been expelled from Morocco a few years earlier traveled with us. What have some of the challenges been about about being a single woman? Well, one of them is having someone call me, either by phone or, worse still, at the door and asking me for personal information, such as, do you live here by yourself? How to be polite and yet protect myself is a challenge. Mm -hmm. Another huge challenge is to not let self-preoccupation fill my heart. Mm -hmm. The world or my neighbor or my family don't owe me. I'm not entitled to have them fix my plumbing or shovel my driveway or to invite me to their parties. Self-preoccupation robs me of an attitude of generosity and kindness. That certainly can be a challenge. You you did mention earlier when we were talking that um, every time that you need to buy a new car, then you've been able to go shopping with one of your brothers. 
Right. That's a blessing. <laughs> yes. So it's really cool that you point out that we're not entitled to that help. And I hope that that's something I haven't taken for granted either. But it's, it's also for also being a single woman with brothers. It sure is great to have brothers to help with some of those things. Right. You had one back here where was, um, is there anything that you wish you could do differently? Yes. If I could go back and redo anything, I would hope to be kinder, more generous, more patient, and less easily offended. Same. (laughs) I would want the same thing. (laughs) For some people, myself included, then remaining single has been an emotionally painful experience. Um, If this is your experience, how have you coped or worked through any of the emotional pain? Well, I believe if pain and grief could be measured... The pain of being a single woman would look like a few crumbs under the table compared to the pain of many married women. Mm. What could be more emotionally painful than a husband leaving for another woman? Or having your own children be estranged from each other and seeing them go on a downward spiral of sin. Life is far too short to feed on the crumbs under my table. In this broken, fallen world, I can always be assured of God's love. He knows my challenges and my disappointments. As one songwriter says, if God so loves the little birds, I know he loves me too. And a favorite when I was younger, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. One of my fears as a single woman is that I'm going to be lonely all my life without a family. And you are much later in life than I am. So you've gotten to experience far more of the sort of the range of life. How have you addressed loneliness in your life? Well, I know that both fear and loneliness are huge monsters that need to be addressed. The Bible says over and over, do not fear, do not fear. Satan loves to deceive and discourage and derail us from daily and even hourly trusting God and from devotion to him. I have seen God help me through circumstances that I thought I could never handle. I believe God gives grace as it is needed. He has in the past, and I have no reason to doubt that he will not continue to do so in the future. And family? The fact for me is I may not have biological children, but I am extremely blessed to have family, a caring, loving family. In fact, sometimes I almost feel bad talking about my family and the caring we do for each other. Not all my friends have brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews, or even great nieces and nephews who care for them. And Jalen, you're one of the great nieces. In spite of us each having our own circle of friends and living in different communities, we share roots, and because of that, we care for each other. How beautiful is that? And it's not about doing it perfectly. It's about wanting to know and trust our God more, upbuilding and encouraging one another. So I had sort of prefaced this next question by saying that my own experience suggests that churches tend to be geared toward married couples and their kids. What has your own experience been and how have you found your place in the local church? My experience has been that I have found both happiness and acceptance in the church that I am a part of, although not perfectly. But Sunday morning messages most often are geared for everyone, younger, older, single, married, in all seasons of life, it seems. An effort is also being made to have a variety of service opportunities for those able and interested in volunteering their help. 
For example, the last couple of years I have helped with covering new books for the church library and totally enjoy doing that. But is the church, that is, the people that make up the church, perfect? There's always room for growing. The longing to be fully loved and understood can only be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Possibly the greatest temptation for us singles is to assume that our church, that is, the leadership in our church, will meet our unmet needs. They will make us strong where we are weak. They will discover our gifts and bring us joy, possibly even a husband. If they fail to do this, we are quick to point a finger and say they focus on marrieds and their children, that they ignore singles. Mm. I sometimes think we single ladies are a rather hard-to-please bunch. Some of us would like a single small group, but when it's there, we don't attend events. Some want fewer personal questions asked. Others say people don't show interest. They never ask how I am. The fact is no one loves perfectly, and we all need to keep on keeping on. We are all failures when it comes to doing life perfectly, but still we are not meant to do it alone. We need each other. I believe the pastors and leaders in my church teach the true word of God, so I am encouraged. We do the road to glory together. Yeah, that's very true. I probably would agree with you that we can be a hard-to-please bunch. I think maybe that's even like a thing for my generation. Maybe my generation as a whole is a hard-to-please bunch. So I'm glad like you're not the first person who said, actually, no, I'm quite content where I am. So I'm glad to hear that a lot of people are more content than I am, and hopefully I will learn more contentment as life goes on as well. For sure. If you could speak to younger single women, how would you encourage them, and what advice or instruction would you give them? Well, first of all, I would say pray. Pray in your loneliness, in your grieving, in your confusion. And include praying scriptures such as, Not my will, but yours be done, out of Luke chapter 22. God knows better than I do. Pursue him. Colossians 3.23, whatever I do, I want to work heartily as to the Lord. Or Philippians 1.9-11, that I may be filled with the fruit of righteousness to the glory and praise of God. As Elizabeth Elliot says, give thanks for what you have. Include giving thanks for new mercies. Lamentations 3.23, every morning mercies new. And remember above all to give thanks for salvation. And practice hospitality. It might be by trial and error, but do it. Share your home, if at all possible, your possessions, and sometimes even your plans. Pray that those who walk through your door will see the light of Christ in you and in your home. Pray that God will surround you with people who love you, who love the Lord, and who love the body of Christ. And read through the Bible. Read often. It takes just 71 hours to do so. Read it with the intent of becoming a woman of the word, Romans 15, verse 4. I didn't know that it took 71 hours to read through the Bible. Actually, uh, pulpit speed, it's a little bit less. So you could probably do it in quite a bit less. I am a pretty fast reader. I think true. pulpit speed, they would say 70 hours and 40 minutes. That's reading it out loud. Okay. So it would be less than 71. <laughs> Guess I don't have any excuse. Become a woman of the word. <laughs> read it. Read it with that in mind. Like, yeah. And if there are passages you don't understand, my thing is keep on reading, and read it again. And then every time you read it, you'll get new glimpses. Mm -hmm. 
don't stop because this chapter has only names and or this doesn't apply. It mm-hmm. does apply. Yeah. It's given for our instruction. Anyway, find a, <laughs> find a blessing in doing it. You also mentioned practicing hospitality and maybe that was something that was taught really well in your family. We were reminiscing before over supper that my grandma, your sister, was also, you know, definitely a woman of hospitality and how she had given pies to this one family and now this one family's one of the members is soon gonna be one of my in laws and how that was kind of cool. So yeah, just, isn't that interesting? Yeah. You just don't you can see her smiling about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so last question, and that is sort of my standard one that I always ask at the end. Is there anything else that you think is important to add? Let's just remember that marriage is not the ultimate prize. Both marriage and singleness are gifts for this life alone. Let's not allow jealousy or roots of bitterness to spring up. They will rob us of friendship and of service to those around us. Let's glorify God to the fullest while we're not yet married. for listening to old maids if you enjoy the show please subscribe or rate and review wherever you get your podcasts you can follow old maid on instagram and facebook at old maid pod thank you